Welcome back to the latest edition of the Last Word on Sports Media Podcast. I am the somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. We have got a bunch of different subject matter to go over. I hear from what has devolved now almost into silliness with the NBA All-Star Weekend. NASCAR kicks off with its biggest weekend of the year. In fact, we're going to go to a media member who was right there among them, covering all of it. Look forward to talking with Tyler Jones about Daytona, about the win for Ricky Stenhouse, uh, the victory that has been tainted somewhat by how the race ended, but still the drama at 200 miles per hour of Daytona and the speed. Uh, If you're not into motorsports, I understand, but if you – if you like thrills, if you like excitement, that's never a dull race at a super speedway. Tyler's going to be here to give you insight on that, on the coverage, the media being around it. And obviously, Tyler is tied into a, a sports media podcast uh, as well uh, right here on uh, the Last Word on Sports uh, media podcast uh, feed, the, the, the Last Word on Sports.com slash podcast feed of shows. He's tied into the David Starr podcast. Let's go racing with David Starr. David was racing in the Xfinity Car Series race, which was on Saturday at Daytona and was involved in the big crash at the end of that race on the final lap. So again, speed, I I realize racing is not for everybody, but speed, excitement, all of that, you've got that. By contrast, by contrast, golf is supposed to be serene. It is supposed to be calm. It is supposed to be quiet. And Tiger Woods was back on the PGA Tour, and the roars were back, and the 10 deep galleries were back for Tiger at Riviera Country Club in Los Angeles. I would love to tell you that the ratings are back, but we don't really have the ratings update as we release the uh, LWOS uh, media podcast here, Last Word on Sports. The ratings delayed because of the President's Day holiday. So as I bring this to you overnight, Tuesday into Wednesday, we don't have those. But Tiger certainly gave it a bump. I can give you a little bit of the intel on that in a few moments. Anyway, uh, glad you found us again, either through the website, lastwordonsports.com, whether you found us through a social media link, uh, through my social media. You can follow me at Buck Sideline Guy with the Buccaneer season in the offseason. Of course, I'm going to gravitate to podcasts like this or Live sports on the on the radio, like college basketball that's upcoming. We've got a bro- brother podcast, College Basketball Coast to Coast. We're down the home stretch of the college basketball season. We've got some of that to talk about uh, as well here. Uh, go find College Basketball Coast to Coast as part of the Last Word on Sports podcast network of shows. Uh, we also have, uh, as we mentioned, David Starr's Let's Go Racing. We've got the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Gives you a little bit of a gambling angle for football and basketball. Plus some of the others that are there as well. The M&M podcast that uh, is talking hockey. Uh, the Last Word on Soccer podcast. The MMA Sucka podcast. They're all there on that podcast page. So go find us. Thank you for finding us. Make sure you're following or subscribing or at least locked in on the Last Word on Sports uh, podcast page. And we give you sports media here on this podcast feed. You know on this feed to expect George Offman's Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. A tremendous job that George does with sports media in and around Chicago, personalities in and around the Chicago sports media. He often branches out, though, into national media members as well. And this week, fascinating that he talks with the longtime 37-year coach of the DePaul women's basketball program, the Lady Blue Demons, Doug Bruno. A very interesting story. Played for the legendary Ray Meyer uh, on the men's basketball side back in the day, then became the women's basketball coach. 
And uh, you'll hear Doug's incredible story. 700 career wins, 25 NCAA tournament appearances. It's staggering. Doug is an icon in terms of women's basketball, especially in the Midwest. George has got his story. And I'll even tie it into sports media. As again, I've had a 30-year career, now 30-plus year career in sports media. And it's part of why... This podcast is something that I enjoy. It's a thrill for me. Let me tell you this story. When talking about Doug Bruno and that storied career for him at DePaul, it intersects with a young student broadcaster, T.J. Reeves, at then Memphis State University, 1991 and 92. I am the student women's traveling radio broadcaster. As a student, I was the the women's play-by-play broadcaster at Memphis State for the Lady Tigers playing those DePaul Lady Blue Demons in the old, short-lived Great Midwest Conference. Uh, Memphis State had left the Metro Conference, had not yet gotten into Conference USA as it was rebranded. This was the Great Midwest Conference that included DePaul, it included Marquette, it included uh, St. Louis, it included Memphis, Cincinnati, and I think I'm leaving one more out of that was uh was it UAB I think was the other team that was in the Great Midwest. Anyway, Great Midwest only lasted like 3 or 4 seasons total in the early 90s. But I was there. I was there as the radio announcer and I intersected with Doug Bruno and actually interviewed him for our our pregame coverage and I remember that and that is now going back 31 32 years ago and Doug Bruno's still there in his 37th season at DePaul. Anyway, George's podcast coming up will have the likes of Jason Bonetti, the Fox announcer, the Chicago White Sox TV announcer with Steve Sohn. Jason Bonetti also on Fox's coverage of college basketball right now. You know him as well from previously with ESPN. Jason has had a tremendous rise. You'll hear his story. In part, you'll want to hear his story. You may not realize this. Uh, Jason uh, does not let a disability define him in having cerebral palsy. In fact, one of the biggest compliments you can pay, uh, Jason, is you wouldn't know uh, unless you're around Jason and you see Jason uh, walking. He walks as if he has a disability, but he talks and he is a a true, um, tremendous example of not letting a disability define you Um, and, and has ascended to the network level doing hoops. Anyway, Jason's story is a great story, and George will tell it coming soon on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Also, Greg Gumbel uh, with Chicago Ties, now with CBS Sports. He's been there forever, been with CBS, been with NBC. A lot of people don't realize Greg Gumbel started on SportsCenter with Chris Berman in the 1980s. But now uh, you know him from the old uh, NFL Today coverage uh, forever. You know him from the play-by-play booth as well for NFL football with Phil Sims and now with others on CBS, as well as the NCAA tournament. He's synonymous with the NCAA tournament studio show with Clark Kellogg and Seth Davis. You will hear Greg Gumbel talking March basketball soon on this very podcast feed with George's podcast. I'm giving him a great plug uh, right now. And also my guys, Mike Gill and Phil DeMont Mullen, the announcer schedules podcast. If, If it happens in sports broadcasting on the national level, TV or radio, these guys are dissecting it. They get great guests as well. You get all of that right here on this Last Word on Sports Media podcast feed. Make sure you're following. Make sure you're subscribing. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Mike and Phil out a little later in the week. We kind of go in the batting order of George first, 
followed by last word on sports media podcast, followed by announcer schedules. You get great stuff here and great guests. And a lot of times we put the guest as standalone podcast. You get that automatically. If you're following or subscribing, you'll get notified with a light, a vibration, a bell, a banner, something that tells you new episode out with last word on sports media. All right. So, so much to cover. We're going to do some love it or leave it in a little bit here, but I want to get back to the coverage of Daytona from the World Center of Racing. The Daytona 500 took place. Let's get into a conversation with somebody that's there, a media friend of mine that was there. It's right up the alley of of this genre of what it's like to be there when those cars are racing by at 200 miles an hour in a blur. Uh, Let's get some of that right now as the podcast continues. As promised, one of my guys is here on the last word on Sports Media Podcast. Love the insight on all things, including now NASCAR and, oh, by the way, the Daytona 500. And not just any Daytona 500. The 75th Daytona 500 was run on Sunday, uh, won by Ricky Stenhouse. We will get to the not-so-dramatic finish of how things uh, culminated in a couple of moments. But Tyler Jones is here with me. Love Tyler for his work across the board on the Jones Report, his podcast, but also on this last word on sports media uh, feed. Uh, Tyler does a great job with David Starr and with Dominic Aragon, and that is the uh, Let's Go Racing with David Starr podcast. David is an Xfinity Series driver, a NASCAR Series driver as well. He competed in the Xfinity uh, race on Saturday at Daytona. Love these guys when we talk NASCAR. Tyler's so multifaceted, whether we're talking football, basketball, or even NASCAR. Good to have you with me, and good to have you in this case, talking a little media coverage, the Daytona experience, the whole bit. How are you, as at the time we're talking, you are still in the world center of racing. You're still in and around the Daytona International Speedway in the aftermath of the 500. How are things, Tyler? Yeah, TJ, you can see behind me, uh, I got a palm tree, uh, still soaking in every bit I can of a nice, warm uh, central Florida here, actually currently in Orlando as we speak. Um, But yeah, it was awesome. Enjoyed uh, every moment of it. Uh, Happy for David. Uh, He was right there in the last lap, I believe. He got in the top 10 before he got wrecked uh, on the final uh, straightaway there. But uh, David had a good run. He was pretty pleased with his car and everything. But an exciting Daytona 500. Went to double overtime. I've said for a while, and I'll continue to reiterate, NASCAR's got the best overtime in all of sports. And, I mean, we saw an exciting finish uh, there at the end with Rick Stenhouse getting the job done. Kyle Busch led there uh, for the first 500 miles. But then in overtime, it was uh, Ricky Stenhouse who came through and, put together his first win in five years of just an incredible underdog story, a one car team. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people know Kroger, the uh, great grocery store. They've been his longtime sponsor and they've been supporting him through some tough times. And here they were finding a way to win on the biggest stage. Uh, great, great moment there in Daytona. Yeah. Careers are made on moments like that. And I don't want to steal too much of the thunder on this podcast feed of let's go racing with David Starr. So I don't want you to reveal. And and obviously David will tell it in first person, a lot of what he had to say in and around the Xfinity race and the dramatic last lap and the wreck on the last lap. Uh, and, and then we had similar kind of stuff here again in, in the, in the finale. So I want that to speak for itself just in general. Now you said the most exciting overtime in sports i i might argue with you that the stanley cup playoffs may be more exciting and i'm a little more of a hockey guy maybe than you are 
uh, for overtime in Stanley Cup playoff hockey. Uh, there are a lot of people criticizing the whole green, white, checker uh, finish as a way to decide things in particular, if they're going to freeze the field, as soon as a wreck happens on the last lap, the white flag lap on the second attempt, they basically freeze the field. Whenever the wreck happens in the old days, they would race. If, if the wreck was not in front of the leaders, Tyler, they would race back to the line. You know that. So give me some kind of read here on, is it anticlimactic to finish this way now? with the whole green-white checker mentality. Where do you come down on that, and is it a disappointment nationally for millions that have been investing time to watch this race? What do you say? I understand the frustration, but, you know, you have to factor in the safety element. Um, NASCAR is not throwing that caution unless they absolutely have to. And, you know, they're throwing that caution because they're trying to get safety crews and the medical staff out there as quickly as possible in case somebody is hurt or injured so they can, uh, you know, take to them uh, as quick as they can. And last year we saw the next-gen car had some safety issues. Uh, Alex Bowman missed several races from a concussion, and that cost him a chance at winning a championship. Kurt Busch also had a uh, concussion that he suffered in qualifying there late in the season, and that effectively ended his career. So. You know, I understand it. I, I do. But when it comes to safety involved, uh, NASCAR knows what they have to do and uh, call those cautions. I mean, think about this, though. Back in the day, we didn't always have green-white checkers in overtime. It used to be that if a caution came out with, you know, four less laps to go, then the race ended effectively right there. We wouldn't right. even do overtime attempts. And so the fact that we got two overtime attempts yesterday, I thought was pretty exciting in itself. Love Tyler's insight on so many fronts. So I want to come at it a couple of different ways as we relate it to sports media. Uh, how many times now have you been at Daytona and, and or been covering the race as a member of me, of the media? Let's just kind of go along in chronology. This was what number time for you? This was my fourth time. My first was in 2019. Uh, so I've gone to four out of the last five. The only one I didn't go to was uh, 2021 when it was uh, limited capacity that year, mm -hmm. right in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I've been there, you know, throughout that stretch. And for me, this is this is an annual thing. I'm going to do whatever I can to be the Daytona 500 every year. TJ, you're not too far away. We got to get you to the I 500. Know. And, and I have been to the summer race on two occasions and been down in and around the pits and the whole bit, but have not been to the 500, have not been to the Daytona 500. So you've done something repeatedly that I have not done in covering this, even though I live in the Sunshine State. So give some perspective. Uh, for the the sports media audience here, again, you said did not in the middle of the pandemic craziness, uh, you did not cover this in February of 21. So February of 22 and now compare it to now, has it basically come back to full force with the general media coverage nationally and internationally? Has it come back? Was it maybe back mostly last year? But is it definitely back now in covering the race? Yeah, I mean, uh, the media center was full. Every seat was taken. Not even everybody had an assigned seat, uh, actually. Uh, there was people from all over uh, representing and uh, covering the sport. It was pretty awesome to see uh, everyone in full force. And and I give NASCAR a lot of credit. They get more access than any other sport I've covered and been a part of. And it's so easy to be talking to these drivers and interacting with them and 
getting the the coverage and the notes and everything you're looking for. Uh, Jeff Gordon, uh, who obviously used to work for Fox Sports, and now he's a uh, co-owner for Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, Jeff was in the media center Sunday morning, and he said that he has never in his entire career seen so many people in the infield than he did this past weekend for the Daytona 500. And think about this. This was the eighth consecutive sellout the Daytona 500 has had. They announced that grandstand attendance was 110,000 people. And then you factor in all the people in the infield and then the VIPs, the pit crews, um, the staff members, the media. There was close to 200,000 people there at Daytona International Speedway on Sunday afternoon for what was just an incredible scene, a great day. And uh, I'm just so happy. I feel like you know NASCAR went through a lull there, you know, in the middle of the 2010s. And now I feel like that they've survived that and the sport's back on the up and up again. TV contracts coming up soon. Sounds like that Fox and NBC are interested in re-signing, possibly some interest from Amazon and ESPN. I think there's an upward trajectory again with this sport. And then you look at F1, too, with what they're doing, too. Motorsports in uh, the United States, I think, is in a good place as a whole right now. Is that because of the young, to follow up, is that because of the young drivers, the young bloods, the rivalry? What makes you think it's on the uptick, Tyler? Well, we, the, the ratings reflect that it's on the uptick. Ratings have been up uh, for three straight seasons. But I think more importantly, it's the changes that NASCAR has made when you look at the schedule. The Bush Clash has been a hit the last couple of years. NASCAR is going to do their first ever street course race in Chicago later this year. Um, you know, more road courses than we've ever seen before. Atlanta is now a super speedway. Atlanta races like Daytona and Talladega. Um, the parody also as well. I mean, you know, for a number of years, it was only about Hendrick, Stuart Haas, Joe Gibbs Racing, and Penske. Now, every single week, you look at there's upwards of, you know, anywhere from 15 to 25 cars that all have a shot at winning parity that we've never seen since the early 90s. All of that does factor in the rivalries. You had the, you had the whole hate thing. You mentioned Jeff Gordon, the hate thing between he and the Earnhardt senior fans in the 90s helped grow the sport. Rivalries with other drivers like Tony Stewart, uh, who was always seemingly the bad boy, and it was interesting. Stewart was in the booth for Fox, and they're rotating some different uh, people in the booth with Mike Joy and with Clint Boyer. I think I saw Danica Patrick is going to do it for a couple of races coming up uh, as well for Fox. Uh, Tyler, I know I only have you for a few more minutes talking sports media, talking the Daytona 500. Give give the fans that are interested, sports media-wise fans that are interested, what kind of army, what kind of personnel, camera people, technicians, support people does Fox have on the ground and in and around to televise this thing? Uh, give, give us some perspective on that. You were there. Uh, Fox goes all out. I mean, I feel like Fox is more powerful in NASCAR than they've ever been before. They're calling the shots to an extent. They had the big emphasis on the schedule changes. Uh, they they were the brains behind the clash. They were the brains with behind the all-star race moving to North Wilkesboro this year. And you look at the technology and all the elements of where, you know, why races are broadcast is the way they are. It's because of Fox and their Emmy award winning coverage that they've had for 20 plus years now. And 
I, I got to tell you, like, they just went all out in every single way possible. And I think there was some frustration, some folks watching at home with all the commercial breaks that happened. Uh, I think they stepped away from green flag coverage a couple times, which if you're an F1 fan, you're not used to that because you get every lap uh, with commercial free. So I do wish that Fox did some more like side-by-side commercial breaks and stuff like that. But nonetheless, uh, it sounded like it was pretty entertaining uh, for the most part of uh, the broadcast they put together. Tony Stewart, uh, he was in the booth, and I like Tony in there. He, of course, used to be Clint Boyer's boss there at Stewart Hoss Racing. So that's an interesting dynamic. But uh, Fox, with their NASCAR stuff, is doing a similar situation to what they have going on with their NFL coverage right now. They're doing the rotating analyst thing for this year for that third chair. And then Kevin Harvick, after it retires this year, is going to slide into the booth and join Clint Boyer, his former teammate at RCR and Stuart Haas. And so it's pretty interesting when you look at Fox Sports, uh, TJ, their patience on if they feel like they have the right guy, they're willing to wait, whether it's Tom Brady, Kevin Harvick, whatever it may be, they're not throwing people into the booth just to do it. Uh, they're giving them the time and letting them uh, make sure they're ready to go. It's pretty interesting. I don't think we've ever seen that in any other networks like that. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Yeah, and they've been innovative all along. And by the way, they're welcoming Derek Jeter some of the time, either into the studio or into a booth, coming for the baseball season as well. This is the 23rd year that Fox Sports has been associated with NASCAR, 23 years in a row. And uh, and obviously their first ever race was the 2001 Daytona 500, known for the death of Dale Earnhardt Sr. In the midst of that, I mean, what a way to start your broadcast relationship and the, and the, and how they went into the news mode immediately, horribly with all of that. And they continue, as you mentioned, to be Emmy Award winning, cutting edge uh, with the coverage. I, I love the drones. Uh, again, I don't know how much of the TV that you got to see being there, being down in and around the pits, but they've got a drone that can go 130 miles an hour trying to keep up with the cars down the straightaway, remote controlled, obviously, with full throttle. It's wild where the technology has come and where these little tiny cameras can take you. I mean, they they were showing Mike Joy was holding up the camera that's on the drone, and the camera is not any bigger than a button that would be on your shirt. It's crazy where the technology is, Tyler, for sure. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, remarkable the job what Fox has done and what Fox uh, means to this sport. And, uh, you know, NASCAR, I feel like it's synonymous with Fox Sports. I mean, you know, you look back in the early days in the 80s, and ESPN was successful right out of the gates. And, and a big part of it was because of their commitment to NASCAR and motorsports. And I think Fox, you know, right after NFL, I think the next thing you define them with is NASCAR. That's probably their next biggest property, in all honesty, probably more than the MLB even, um, as far as I'm concerned. And so that's a that's a big deal. And and uh, I, I got to say, you know, it's, it's always everyone I've talked to over there. Adam Alexander is a good friend of mine. He's their play-by-play voice for the Xfinity and Truck Series and Coast and Race Hub. And, 
course, you know, we know Shannon Spake real well, too. Yep. Everybody there is just first class. I hope Fox stays around for a long time. We love this. few more moments. Tyler Jones is with me. Tyler Jones live on social media. The Jones Report is his podcast. Tyler also works with Chat Sports out of the Dallas, Texas area on the NFL. Wears many hats. Very versatile. But it's the Let's Go Racing with David Starr podcast that you want to hear later this week on this podcast feed. David raced in the Xfinity race at Daytona. Has got great perspective as a driver. Great insight on everything with the Daytona 500. You'll hear that. Uh, as part of uh, the Last Word on Sports uh, podcast feed, not not specifically on this media feed, but the family, the Last Word on Sports uh, podcast uh, page and all the network of shows. You'll hear David's podcast later in the week with Tyler and with Dominic Aragon hosting that. They do a great job. Uh, a couple more, and then and then we'll get you out of here. Give the fans a feel that have never been to Daytona. I know what this is like, but give them a feel. You have been in an NFL stadium with the Chiefs, let's say, at Arrowhead Stadium, with the uh, with the, with the the stadium shaking on a big play by Mahomes and the Chiefs. You have, you have been in other venues. Tyler, I even joke, got to go to WrestleMania in the Dallas area when, when the big pop of a wrestler coming out of the back and, and 70, 80,000 people go crazy. What is it by like? By the way, with- I got to meet... By the way, real quick, I got to meet Charlotte Flair and got to wear the belt. <laughs> I saw the photo on social media, and we need to repost, of you with the WWE Ladies Championship belt with Charlotte Flair. You never know who you're going to find at Daytona. But compare this to a WrestleMania, to a Chiefs home playoff game like what you've been to, to big events. When those cars come roaring down that front straightaway, what is that like? Um. So picture a stadium shaking. But it continuing to shake all day long and the loudest noises you can think of and the excitement, seeing the crashes, the crowd get into it. Um, I mean, like, it just doesn't stop. I mean, even like a, a little quick David Starr story along those lines. 20 laps to go, there's caution comes out after what's been an exciting day up to this point. Get a chance to breathe for a second. And David, I, I'm with him. We're in the Chevy uh, suites on Sunday afternoon. And David gets up out of his seat and he says, I can't sit down. I'm too excited right now. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just fired up right now. And that's how everyone felt was that same way. Well, and that sums up what the experience uh, is like. And we'll see. Uh, again, uh, NASCAR has its biggest event as its first event. And then the see the rest of the season unfolds and eventually heads to the playoffs, uh, and building for that much much later in 2023 as we get to the fall. Uh, Tyler, that'll be a lot of fun. Again, plug away for everything you guys do with Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Plug away for that because we can hear it later in the week, and you'll want to hear it later in the week. Plug away. Yeah, uh, listen on all podcast platforms. Uh, follow us on social media. Uh, at Star Podcast, Facebook and Twitter. You can find us there, and uh, you can follow me as well at uh, Tyler Jones Live. Uh, about to leave Orlando, head back to uh, Dallas as uh, things are about to get interesting on the NFL front with uh, franchise tag uh, openings about to start. Yeah, that's that's coming too, and Tyler does a great job with Chat Sports covering the Ravens, covering the Seahawks, covering all of NFL with the free agency and the draft. But those two teams specifically. Hey, thank you for spending a few minutes with me. 
here on the last word on sports media. And one more time, we tell everybody go find Let's Go Racing with David Starr, part of the last word on sports podcast network of shows uh, with David Starr having such great insight, having raced in the Xfinity Daytona race this weekend. David's a great personality, a lot of humor, very versatile. You and Dominic do a great job with him. Tyler Jones, thank you for hanging out with me talking sports media. Appreciate Thanks, TJ. Great stuff from Tyler Jones. Love his uh, insight. And again, uh, Tyler, uh, very versatile, very versatile covering the NFL for Chad Sports. Again, he's on that podcast with David Starr. Let's go racing with David Starr. Find them as they release that podcast, usually late night, Wednesday night into Thursday, all throughout the upcoming season. I mean, NASCAR's just getting started. This is their biggest event, their Super Bowl. And uh, it then it builds over the next six months or so, uh, seven months into a crescendo for the NASCAR playoffs at the end. Uh, so, again, I realize not everybody is a racing person, whether it be NASCAR, F1, IndyCar. But we cover it all here with the last word on sports media podcast. And Tyler does a great job. And we'll bring Kyler, uh, Tyler back around around college basketball time here. He's a big Kansas Jayhawk. I uh, loves the college game. We'll have much more with him on our college basketball coast to coast podcast. It's on last word on sports.com slash podcast. Find it there. Find it wherever you get podcasts, college basketball, coast to coast. Love Tyler's insight. All right. We're ready to wind it down here on the last word on sports media podcast. Can't get out of here without playing some love it or leave it on several different subjects. Let's go. Love it or leave it. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it is now, uh, it's devolved, folks, in the NBA All-Star Weekend. And I got to admit, I, I leave it alone now. I, I can't watch the NBA All-Star Game anymore for what it's become. Uh, and what was the what was the final score of this game? It was a ridiculous 184 to 175. I mean, at least, and I, I'm not, I, I say this all the time, I'm, I guess I'm getting older. I'll be 53 years old soon. I'm revealing my age. I'm getting older, but I, I relished back in the 80s and the 90s as a fan of the NBA, the All-Star Game, because all the great players would come together, Bird, Magic, Jordan. You had Kobe, you had Shaq later on um, uh, that were all involved in that. What this is devolved now into isn't that. Uh, what you have now, where, where the game literally had both teams playing no defense whatsoever, I mean, it was who could score the fastest within seven seconds of the shot clock every time. I mean, I know this without watching because how else do you both get to 140 points in three quarters, 280 points scored? Is You're you're shooting the ball so quickly at a blur with nobody playing defense, easy baskets, three-point shots, uncontested. No, I mean, it's a joke. Leave it. Leave it at this point on love it or leave it. I mean, even one of the coaches, Mike Malone of the Denver Nuggets, uh, I mean, he had the comment, the damning comment, that that's the worst basketball game ever played. He was one of the coaches. Uh, and he's right on what this has become. And you know where it's headed? It's headed with what you've just gotten with the Pro Bowl now. You you don't want to play the game. Uh, the audience will continue to, to decline. Yes, there are people watching. Yes, there are NBA fans watching. But if the players don't care, fewer and fewer are going to watch. And the league is going to have to do something. Uh, about that you can still have the all-star weekend you can still have the skills competition you could do something else with sunday night besides play a ridiculous game with 350 points scored where there's no chance of playing defense and while we're at it so the the pro bowl is devolved the uh the the nba all-star game i don't watch the nhl all-star game anymore with what it's become there's no hitting there's no defense 
The, the, the game literally is like a 180 to 170 NBA game when it becomes 11 to 10, 13 to 12 in the NHL. They're not 13 to 12 regular season games in the NHL. The only all-star game that uh, continues to hold true to how the game is actually played in the regular season is the baseball all-star game because the pitchers care and they're trying to get people out and the defense cares. The pitchers are striking people out and it's a game. It's a game from the first inning on. It resembles Major League Baseball. The NBA All-Star, the NBA All-Star game does not. Yeah, yes, they still have the slam dunk and the three-point shootout, and they've gotten creative with some other skills competition. The rookie game is, is a little more interesting. They care a little more. They play a little more defense. They've got to do something. It, it is petered out here into the 2020s. Really into the 2010s, it began to do this. And when you've got people on the inside throwing their hands up, you got to do something else. You got to do something uh, something else with that. All right. So there's my opinion on that. All right. So what do we have differently? Let's find out. Love it or leave it. Love the golf and loved seeing Tiger Woods back on the PGA Tour. Incredible that Tiger is still able to walk around after shattering his lower right leg in a car accident a couple of years ago. Really not able to play PGA Tour events at all last season. Now he's back. He's going to play a limited schedule. He made it through the weekend, made the cut on the number, played well enough on Sunday to at least get some roars going at the Riviera Country Club, the Fame Riviera uh, in Los Angeles. Tiger, though, still has never won this event. And, and honestly, I didn't expect him to win, but you got to love the galleries being back. The crowd roaring. Again, part of my background is I did PGA Tour radio for numerous years in the 2010s on Sirius XM and with PGA Tour Radio, PGATour.com, covering the sport on a daily basis, covering live tournaments, getting to interview Tiger Woods. So I'm partial in this regard. Again, I'm a fan of all sports. Tiger is good for the game in moving the needle. And even at 47 years of age, limping around, he was making some birdies. He was nowhere near contention. And it doesn't look like Tiger's going to be able to contend week in and week out. Oh, you may get the round or two where he starts to put it together and the roars happen. But, I mean, he wasn't within 10 shots of the lead. John Rahm ended up winning again. Rahm has dominated the PGA Tour over the last year and a half and won again at Riviera. And Tiger wasn't within 10 shots of him. Uh, didn't come close even in the red and black on Sunday, the red shirt with the black pants to making a run. But uh, it's good to have him back. And I'll tell you what else here. Not everybody's a fan of what Live Golf has done, but the second season of Live Golf is going to get underway this weekend at Mayacoba, the resort in uh, in Mexico. So they are back with some of the premier names in the game, like Dustin Johnson, like Cam Smith, if you follow golf, who won the Open Championship and the Players' Championship last year, multi-time major winner like Bruce Ke uh, Brooks Kepka, who's won multiple U.S. Opens and PGA Championships, Phil Mickelson, one of the iconic players of the last 30 years of the sport. He's part of the Live Golf, and, and the names from younger players and younger talent, amateur champions, the champions on other tours, uh, recognizable names, they're back playing in their 54-hole event. And I'm into this. It will be televised. The CW will have the weekend rounds. And I know there's a battle while we talk uh, sports media. There's a battle from some of the CW stations that are owned by CBS that don't want to show this. So we'll see what CW ends up doing to get some of the 
uh, affiliates in other markets or get it cleared in other markets where the CW station is owned by by CBS. Tampa Bay, where I live, is one of those. And markets like uh, Dallas and Seattle and Atlanta are the same thing. But the CW says, hey, we've got other stations. We'll get it cleared. We'll get it on TV. 54 holes, shotgun start every day. Everybody plays in the same course conditions for about four hours uh, when they go out and play these rounds. I'll be interested. 14 events this year instead of six. Look, the field is so much better for this event than the PGA Tour event in Palm Beach. The PGA Tour comes to Florida. They're going to play at Palm Beach. They're going to play in Tampa Bay. They're going to play at Bay Hill in Orlando. They're going to play the Players' Championship later in March, the unofficial fifth major. But the the field at the Honda at Jack's course, at the Bears' course in West Palm, is terrible. It is so much better quality golfer at the Live Golf. I'm going to be loving me some Live Golf, and I'm going to watch some of the coverage uh, that they have here this weekend. So I've got to love it on that in terms of uh, of love it or leave it. What else do we have for you? Love it or leave it. College basketball we obviously love as well. Uh, again, the ratings are not in, but what a fantastic Saturday that had Indiana and Illinois duking it out off the weekend. A big comeback by Kansas against Baylor. Uh, Kentucky won the national TV game on CBS before the golf uh, with Tennessee. Uh, Again, just uh, thrilling stuff uh, to watch coming off the weekend with college basketball. Then on Monday night, you had Kansas in action with TCU. That one uh, was certainly exciting. Uh, A Tuesday night that saw... Uh, Michigan State with all the drama and emotion after the school shootings on their campus last week. They returned with the Spartan Strong shirts on to the East Lansing Breslin Center and played Indiana and beat Indiana. Traditional battle, traditional rivalry game in the Big Ten. How do you not love the college basketball drama that is building to March? They own the month of March with this event. With over 350 teams that participated, all of them have a chance to work their way into the NCAA tournament. Even if you have a losing record, you can possibly work your way in and get the automatic bid by winning your conference tournament. Your season is not over. Your season is over in college football uh, if you lose a couple of games for trying to win the, uh, the title or being in the playoff. Not the case in basketball. And it's an event that always grips you because the little guy gets in there and takes his swing at the big guy, and the little guy wins a bunch in conference tournament play, and in NCAA tournament play. So how do you not love this as we march on to the madness and everything that's going to happen? We're going to talk much more about the college basketball. And again, we don't have the ratings in for what they look like, either for the golf or the NASCAR or the NBA All-Star game. They were delayed because of President's Day. But I got to believe the college basketball ratings because you had Michigan, Michigan State playing in primetime Saturday on network TV to see how that did as Fox is going to continue to show a Saturday night primetime game here late in the year. And then CBS will have a bunch, along with the cable networks, of primetime NCAA tournament games on Saturday and Sunday as well for the ratings. We'll see what the ratings are. But how do you not love the college hoops? You have to love that uh, right now if you're a sports fan. And, of course, pitchers and catchers reporting in baseball. So you've got that with all the storylines as the Astros are going to defend their championship. How about the final four for college basketball in Houston? And it's in Houston where the uh, the weekend opens up with the Houston Astros defending their major league uh, championship, their World Series championship, and raising the banner and getting their championship rings that same weekend. The college basketball decides its title at NRG Stadium in Houston. So lots going on, obviously, in the world of sports. 
We even covered some racing here with Tyler Jones on this edition of the Last Word on Sports Media podcast. So we did cover a lot. Again, thank you for being with me. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Follow or subscribe to this podcast feed. Again, George Offens, Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is found on this podcast feed. Doug Bruno, his guest this week, the longtime DePaul basketball coach, a fascinating story. George does a great job there. We've got Last Word on Sports Media with guests here and great content and great insight. And then Mike and Phil with the Announcer Schedules podcast will be out a little bit later on in the week here on this podcast feed. You get it all right here on this podcast feed. Find out more as well. Uh, written out at lastwordonsports.com slash podcast. With a bunch of great podcasts, they're our partners, lastwordonsports.com. For now, though, we are good. Thank you for finding us. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc., wherever you get your podcast. To the Last Word on Sports Media Podcast. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.